0: This morning, I have the privilege of talking to you about gratitude, and we're going to be taking an interesting journey there, but, you know, I like to have fun. Do you guys like to have fun? Good. And I like Jimmy Fallon. Do you like Jimmy Fallon? And Jimmy Fallon has this thing he does. On Friday nights, he does thank you notes. And they're just humorous little notes. Now, unfortunately, we don't. I checked earlier. Well, actually, I didn't check. I'm lying there, so I shouldn't lie because this is church. I didn't check. I could have checked if they had an applause track. I don't, do you have an applause track? No. There's no applause track. All right, you're my studio audience, and of course, can you give a hand to my lovely musical assistant Allison this morning? All right. Are ready, Allison? So here are some thank-you notes to help us get into the mode of gratitude. Thank you, Garage Sales, for being the most elaborate way to get other people to take out your garbage. Good. Nice work. I even heard a laugh there. Thank you. I think it was Diane. All right. Another one here. You like my little thank-you cards? Who? Who? All right. Thank you, NFL playoffs, for not being called Are You Better Than a 50-Year-Old? <laughs> well, I get, technically he's 44, right? You know who that is? It's Tom Brady? Super Bowl? Football? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Next weekend? There's a big sporting event on. All right. At least she's good at playing piano. Thank you, Gloves, for being mittens where the fingers decided to pursue solo careers. And thank you, Laundry Detergent Commercials, for really overestimating how often I passionately caress my towels. Although, you know, we did change laundry detergent recently, and my wife is very happy about that. So apparently it smells better. Last one, you ready? She's doing a great job. Thank you. Welcome, Matt. That say something quirky for basically telling your guests that yeah, we're a lot. Just out of curiosity, how many of you actually have a a quirky welcome at? No quirky welcome ads? Oh, you people got to get out more. All right. Thank you, Allison. So, this morning we're going to talk about the importance of saying thank you. We all like experiencing someone coming up to us and saying thank you and appreciating us. We appreciate getting thank you cards or expressions of thanks when we've done something for somebody. This week a friend of ours helped out and, and we thought, how can we thank them? And, and you see a, a flower and you think, yeah, I'm gonna, I want to bring that to them and say thank you. And, and And that helps, right? That helps relationships. That helps nurture and foster care and compassion and love among people. And so this morning I want to look at this really kind of two different perspectives. We're going to be looking at how we... Uh, express gratitude, not just to God, okay, we're going to be looking at how we do that, and in order to do that, we're going to do that later when we look at Psalm 105, but we also want to look at how we express gratitude to one another, and I wanted to start with that, though, by looking really at the contrarian view of it and saying, what is it that happens sometimes in our life when we don't express gratitude, Have you ever had a time or a place when when you felt taken for granted? When you've done something and and you've really felt unappreciated? When you've gone and, and, you know, done something for for someone like we experienced this week and and it just goes by and and it's unnoticed. And, And if you do that, you know, two or three times, what happens to your motivation? The next time you start thinking about doing something nice to that. And you see, the error of ingratitude, of being people who are not grateful, the error of that is, is a really interesting thing, because when it happens, when you feel unappreciated, it's really difficult to go and to say, hey, you know what? I did something really nice for you, and you didn't say thank you or you didn't do anything, because when we get to that point, if we feel like we have to express it, well, then no matter what the person expresses after that, we have a hard time believing it's genuine, don't we? You know, and when we're kids, it's okay. You know, if you're four or five years old, and it's your birthday, and you get a lot of presents, and your aunt and uncle come over, and you rip open the presents, and you're so excited to see it, before you go to the next one, what does your mom or your dad say? Stop, right? Go say thank you. Express gratitude, because that's just something that we want to have in our relationships. It's important that we take opportunity to express gratitude. And so ingratitude is an error of omission. When gratitude doesn't get expressed, and then if we have to stop, already that moment is gone. But what ingratitude communicates really is, I don't recognize you or, I don't recognize the sacrifice that you are making at this point. Or, I don't see you. Or, uh, you know, I, I don't really think, you know, like, a lot of times we think, well, you owed me. You know, you owed me to do something. And so, I'm not going to express gratitude for something that you, added, you, you owed me. But ingratitude can actually get expressed in another way. And, and this is even more damaging and so I just want to draw your attention to that today, and that is ingratitude can be communicated through criticism, through criticism. And I just really want you who are parents, especially parents of young children, uh, I want you to, to really pay attention in these next few minutes. You see, what, we end, what ends up happening is when somebody does something and not only do we not express gratitude, but we, we go to them and we say, oh, you know what, or we fix it, or we do it differently, or we change it. One of the things that we do is, is we're giving them criticism, it was a lesson that I learned as a youth pastor because, you know, we would prepare these meals and have these fundraisers. And I would, I would tell the kids, for instance, you know, do the dishes. And then kids, you know, they're young. They don't care. So they got dirty dishes over here, dirty dishes over there. They got, you know, water in here and, and you know, dirty water over here, clean water over there. So there's no system. And, and people, can I have a, like, a raise of hands? Who are you? Like, Let's do things, right? And so I would think, like, let's do things in an organized fashion. Let's do things well. And so, I, it, it, you know, I had to, you know, I would be tempted to say, okay, let's put all the dirty dishes over here. Then let's have, you know, the rinse water, then the wash water, and then the, the final rinse, right? And I, I want to go through that. But once I started doing that, once I started taking over, doing things the way I thought it should be doing, the kids no longer wanted to participate, They didn't want to do it, and one of the most valuable lessons I learned in that environment was that even when people do things differently, or even if they're doing it wrong, have you ever seen someone do something wrong, and really wanted to correct them, and so you think, you you know, you want to change it, and if you step in and you do that, you really demotivate someone, you criticize them. And the next time you ask them to come along and help, they're going to be like, sorry, I'm busy. And then not only that is, you know, God humbled me and helped me see and learn that, you know what? There are different ways to get things done. My wife still does the dishes wrong to this day. (laughs) (laughs) And yet the dishes get done, right? And so the, the error... Of ingratitude, of criticism is really important. And, and you know, some of us, you've probably grown up in homes where criticism was big, where it was felt like, you know what, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And if you don't do them the right way, well, that's going to be an error. And it could come debilitating to people. And so, if you've experienced that, I just want to, you know, name that and draw that out for you this morning. And then to help us recognize this really important element of ingratitude, and that is this. Ingratitude, it always, it leaves, it leaves damage. It always leaves damage. And the recipient is always aware. The person who wanted to receive the gratitude is always aware. And part of the problem with it is the culprit is rarely aware. We rarely recognize those times or those places where we haven't expressed gratitude. And the result of that, like I was highlighting before, is we, we stop being generous with our time, with our resources, with our gifts. And the next time, we just say no. If someone criticizes it, we say, well, forget you. I'm not helping or hanging out with you anymore. So ingratitude, whether it takes place through omission or through criticism, it destroys healthy relationships and healthy community. Now, now this is something really interesting. Did you know that Jesus Christ himself experienced this? Jesus Christ himself experienced times of ingratitude. Look with you this morning at Luke 17, and we'll start at verse 11. Now. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along a border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. There's a lot of cultural things in this, and I I don't want to spend too much time in this text, but I'll unpack just a few of them. First was this. Samaria and Galilee uh, was an area where the Samaritans were not appreciated by Jewish people. the Israelites. Samaria was an area that when it was captive, then it was repopulated with Assyrians and Israelites. And so it was a mixed race. And so that whole area throughout the New Testament is an area that people wanted to avoid. And yet here there were uh, Samaritans and Jews that were together. Why? Because of their suffering, because of their brokenness, because of their disease. You know, and you think about that in your own life. I mean, draw this little, you know, principle uh, that, you know, pain and suffering, it brings people together so powerfully. And I think one of the greatest gifts that we as Christians, when we've received God's forgiveness, then no longer are we trying to prove ourselves based upon what we've done or accomplished or who we are, but instead we can share our brokenness. We can share where we're hurting and where we're suffering. And that vulnerability brings community. So these 10 guys, they were suffering. They were together. They were lepers. And now the interesting thing about the story is they called from a distance. And and Jesus didn't go over there in this story. He didn't touch them. He didn't even say, you're healed. He said this he said go and show yourself go and show yourself to the priest so they still have leprosy yet all 10 of them were obedient isn't that fascinating all 10 of them were obedient to what jesus instructed them to do and even though they hadn't experienced any change in their life scripture says and as they went As they went, as they obeyed Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ healed them. Just hold on to that just for a moment. As they obeyed Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ significantly transformed their lives. He healed them because they were lepers. But they obeyed and they went. And there's a part of me which wants to say, hey guys, great job, that was amazing. And yet, they only really got half a healing. They went, they were obedient, but only one, only one comes back and expresses gratitude. Then the story says that he came, he came back with a loud voice. He falls down and he thanks him. So as they're obedient, Jesus Christ heals them. One comes back, falls down, loud voice, thanks, Jesus. Now, let's look a little closer at this whole idea of what does it mean to express thanks? What does is, what is gratitude and praise really look like in the Bible, in order to help us do that, we're going to be looking at a moment at Psalm 100. Uh, but before we jump into that, I want to let you know that there are 11 Hebrew words that uh, are used to express praise. So, so here's a little Hebrew class together. The first is toda. A toda is a thanksgiving choir. That's what we were this morning as we were led in worship. Toda is a thanksgiving choir. Barak is a word that means to kneel in thanksgiving, to kneel down. I just did this a week or two in our, you know, in Rehoboth, and, and uh, you know, I, I watch a pastor named Robbie Simons, and Robbie Simons, before he, he preaches, he'll get down and he'll just kneel like this. But question for you, when's the last time you kneeled? Kneeled in your bedroom? Kneeled at church? barak to kneel in thanksgiving tehillah is to sing a song of thanksgiving yesterday driving home or not yesterday the day before i was driving home i was in my car and just praise music playing singing oh fills your soul you, have, do you praise music are you singing praises songs of praise halal is to give thanks by being joyous Yada to give thanks with extended hands. Lamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. And Shabak to give thanks with a loud voice or a shout. So, so let's read for a moment Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, what does it mean to pray prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving? Well, I think we have too narrow of a definition of prayer to start with. If we think that prayer has to be something that when we sit down in our chair or have our moaning devotions that we fold our hands and close our eyes. And I think Paul would agree with me because he says, Pray at all times. All of our life is supposed to be this this outflowing communication, not only of us stepping out to do the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do, but while we do that, that our hearts are overflowing with joy. And that which comes out of us is praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. You know, four of those words are in just one verse. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the word todah, a thanksgiving choir in song. Enter his courts with praise. Tehillah, sing praises. Be thankful. Yada, extend your hands. And Barak, bow, bow, kneel down before his name. So even if we look just at Psalm 100, verse 4, and we, and we read it using the, you know, the original kind of Hebrew transliteration it would be, enter his gates with a thanksgiving choir. You know, I picture those, those kind of people that have that kind of joy in their heart coming into church. You know, what was your attitude this morning when you walked through those doors? Or, or, or what were you feeling this morning when you turned on this, this you know, message in, in YouTube? Were you ready? Were you coming before the Lord? Were you overflowing with thanksgiving? One of the most uh, profound worshipers that I've ever had the privilege of knowing was Barb Vengeeson. Barb Vengeeson was married to Adrian and They were church planters in Ajax. But when you came to church, Barb was already overflowing with joy in the Holy Spirit. And when the singing stopped, you couldn't keep her down. She was ready to praise the Lord with everything she has. That's what it's supposed to be like when we enter his gates with a thanksgiving choir enter his courts singing praises be thankful by extending your hands to him and bless him by bowing before his name so what does it look like for us to live lives of gratitude how are we doing in living and expressing lives of gratitude well We have to kind of look at the barriers, I guess, then. right? we go back to what we were talking a little bit about earlier, you know, maybe you were raised in a home where those kind of things didn't really happen. Maybe you were in an environment where criticism was more prevalent than gratitude. And discouragement hung around more often than any form of encouragement did. And so maybe it's difficult for us sometimes to express gratitude because we've grown up in in places where we haven't had those kind of things, where we haven't heard our mothers and our fathers say things that we long to hear, where we never experienced or expressed gratitude and we weren't encouraged. And My heart breaks when I hear the stories of people who grew up in homes where not only were those things heirs of omission there, but where neglect or abuse took place, where brokenness made its way into our lives and planted a seed of destruction and of lies. And you see, until we recognize the transforming power of Jesus Christ, be until we come before Jesus, just like the lepers that say, Jesus Christ, heal me. I know that there's something broken inside of me. I know I have this root of bitterness, this anger, this sadness, this depression, this frustration, this addiction. Until we come to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, will you heal me? Until we come and bow down before him and ask for his life-transforming power through the Holy Spirit, it will be difficult. Say, nearly impossible. For us to be able to live a life of gratitude. And so it needs to start there. If you need help doing that, then there are prayer teams, there are Pastor Nicole, other friends that you have in this church or in your community where you can go before them and say, you know what? I just realized that I really want to live a life of gratitude, but I'm bitter. I'm so bitter. I'm so broken, I'm so sad, I don't know what to do with that. And when you come together and you ask for help, God is so good, and he brings healing. And yes, it takes time, and yes, it takes work, but it is the Lord God through the Holy Spirit that does that. Now, what about with our relationships? I want to go back. So we talked about what does it look like to be filled with gratitude, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. What about when we want to experience that in our relationships at home? Well, I want to talk to those of you who are married for a moment in dating relationships. First of all, gratitude and ingratitude are relationally determinative. You can change the environment of what you're experiencing at home. If you're having difficulty at home, one of the ways that you can change that is to start expressing gratitude because hearts gravitate toward recognition and gratitude. And one of the things that's so important is no matter how long you've been married, how long you've been together, how long you've known each other, is that you continue to thank each other I challenge you this morning, this day, say thank you at least five times to your spouse. Say thank you at least five times to your kids. Find things to express gratitude towards. Parents, love your kids. and You love your kids in your heart. But here's another invitation. Love your kids on your calendar. I think one of the benefits that COVID has brought us is that families have had more time to be together. But you know what? You can be together and still be alone, can't you? You can be on all your devices in all different rooms, and you don't really spend time together. And so an encouragement, families, with parents, with children, spend time together. And then finally, I want to talk to teens. I haven't given you a lot this message, but I have a nugget of gold for you this morning. So, wherever you are, listen up. If you want your parents to say yes more than they say no, any, any teens want that? My kid's here, his hand's kind of up. If you want your parents to say yes more than they say no, I, here, here's your invitation. Turn up the gratitude dial, all right? Turn up the gratitude dial. Here's the thing. As parents, it's so often we feel taken for granted. Like, you realize, like, okay, maybe, you know, we feed you, and we want to feed you, and it's good to feed you, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if you said thank you. Right? Or to help afterwards and, and to be willing to clean up and, and find these places and these ways to express gratitude to your parents, it will melt their heart. And, and you know, actually, you know, your parents don't really owe you anything, all right? And, and so if you get something, that's a pretty good deal because at the end of the day, we're all just volunteers, even as parents, And this keeps coming to me. I don't know why. Maybe because it was so profound for me. I, I guess I want to end here. And it's, you know, I was sitting there and praying and through the music listening. And in Luke 7, there's a story where Jesus goes to the house of a Pharisee named Simon. And, and Simon is there, and he's wondering who Jesus is. And while Jesus is sitting there, there's a lady who comes. We don't know her name. And when she comes, we know that she's extremely grateful to Jesus. And we know that she's extremely grateful because, what, she comes into this room, which would have been completely inappropriate for her to come into. They're dining, they're reclining at the table at the house of this very righteous Simon. And this woman comes in, and in all of her brokenness, she streams tears. So many tears that it wets Jesus' feet. And then the Bible says that she lets down her hair, again, something completely undignified and improper. And and she takes her hair and she wipes Jesus' feet. And then she kisses them. And then she takes this gift of perfume and puts perfume, extremely extravagant gift, And she's doing this, why? Because she wants to barak, she wants to ta-da-da, she wants to tahila, she wants to thank God with everything that was in her being. She's so grateful and so thankful to God. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And Simon is sitting there looking at that, saying, that's disgusting. If this man actually knew who this woman was, what this woman had done, he would not allow her to do that. And Jesus turns to Simon. And there's this beautiful part, Luke 7, go home and read it. It said, Jesus turned to the woman, and he said to Simon, said, Simon, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? And, you know, sometimes we don't even see ourselves clearly. Because we want to think of ourselves as so good, as so righteous, as all okay. We're the Simon sitting on the sidelines saying, I'm pretty good. When in reality, all of us, all of us are that woman broken who needs Jesus Christ's love and forgiveness, mercy and grace. And when we experience it and when we receive it, it transforms every part of our life. And so it's my prayer that you would today recognize how broken and miserable you are because of your sin. And that in that brokenness and in that misery, you would turn towards Jesus. You would say, okay, Jesus, you're in control. You lead me, you guide me, you heal me. And my life will be a response of gratitude to you and so Lord we come before you and just we've gotten a lot to think about this morning we recognize the power of ingratitude first of all Lord Jesus and so even right now maybe the Holy Spirit is just speaking to you at an instance it's coming to mind and you're thinking you know what I really wanted to thank that person I never did Or, you know, I'm so appreciative of this person and their presence in my life and all that they do for me, I really want to express that gratitude. And so as we're here, Lord, and as you're speaking to us through your Holy Spirit, that you give us the courage, don't just let this go, because we recognize how damaging it can be to not express gratitude. And that, Lord, this church family would be a family where thanks is expressed Multiple times a day where people are overwhelmed with the encouragement that they receive. What a blessing and what a family and what a community that is. Lord, at the same time, we recognize that all of the gratitude we have to give comes because of what you gave for us. Your suffering, your loss, your brokenness that you gave willingly to heal our separation so that we might be healed. And Lord, if there are some things in our lives that we just need to lay down, we need to take some steps, maybe we need to talk to a friend, maybe we need to talk to a counselor, maybe we need to connect with a pastor, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, that as we lay down our brokenness, as we name those things that are hurting us, and have damaged us, that we would experience freedom and release from those so that your gratitude, your mercy, your grace, your love would ever flow through us. In your name we pray, amen.